Thank you for joining us today for The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of September 25th, preached by Brother Mike Sylvie. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen. And now, here's Brother Mike preaching from Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 11. I was saved before I came to this church. I was saved at Northside Baptist Church in Garland, Texas. My dad's in the ministry as well, and Lord led him to pastor there in the Dallas area for about eight years. I was born here, then we moved down there, and then came back when Daddy was led into publications. Uh, but we moved just after I was saved, came back here in my fifth grade. This is the church that I grew up in. And this is the church that helped disciple me. Uh, this is the church that I matured into. This is the church where I first learned how to praise God. I learned how to, how, to, how to serve Him. This is the church where I made known my call to the ministry. This is the church who had to endure my first sermon. <laughs> and so this church is very special in my heart. I'm glad to be with you this morning to share God's Word with you. Over those 35 years that I have been in ministry, uh, Lord has led me to six different churches, and each of those churches, you have had a hand in the good results that have happened there. Because it was here at Central that I first learned how to do ministry. Souls that were saved, lives that were touched, uh, you had a share in that. God gets the credit, but we've all had a share in it. And so today I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being the church that helped uh, to raise me spiritually and to bless me and encourage me and pray for me. And I am so glad to be back with you today. Mother and Daddy and Lynn send their greetings and their love to each of you. Uh, they could not be with us this morning. Uh, Daddy's health is uh, not what it's always been, and we appreciate your prayers uh, for our family. But we moved back to get closer to them, and we're glad to be back down in South Arkansas. I'm glad to have my wife, Lori, with me. We've been married for 33 years, and the uh, Lord has blessed us with two boys. They're both grown and out of the house now. Caleb, our younger son, uh, is in Jonesboro, Arkansas, working for NEA Baptist Hospital, doing media video work for them. And our older son, Tyler, is in the Nashville, Tennessee area, uh, doing the same type of work. Uh, he's self-employed. Uh, but he and his wife, Kayla, have given us our first grandchild. We have a granddaughter, Lily Piper. And we can't get enough of her. So I left you 35 years ago as a young, inexperienced, college-bound boy. And now I stand before you a grandfather. <laughs> Things have changed. You have an age I have. But God has been faithful. And he's faithful in all of our lives. If we follow him, he changes our life for the better. And he sustains us. 
And he will be with us every day of our life as we walk with him by faith. That's what I want to speak to you about this morning from Hebrews chapter 11, where we find the great hall of faith passage of the Bible. I've entitled the the message this morning, The Faith That Jesus Will Be Looking For. Jesus asked the question in the Gospel of Luke, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, he's going to be looking for people like you and me, who are people like the people in Hebrews chapter 11. And the good news this morning I want to share with you is that the Hall of Faith is open for new members. You and I can be a part of this great hall as well. This list of people are not superhuman people that didn't make mistakes, that were on a different plane than you and me. No, you find just the opposite. They were sinners just like you and me, and they, they made mistakes. They didn't get it right all the time. But when it was the most important time, when it was crucial they, they stepped up and they became people of faith. And God recorded them in his hall of faith. You may never be a part of a sports hall of faith, uh, fame, but you can, by God's grace, be a part of his hall of faith. And I want to talk about that faith this morning. What is the, the faith that gets you in the hall of faith? What is the faith that Jesus will be looking for when he comes back? Well, these verses tell us what kind of faith it is. Number one, it is a faith that trusts God even when you don't see all the answers. Look at verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. We see here a trust in God even when you don't see all the answers. Now God has all the answers, we just don't see them all the time. It takes faith to keep walking because you won't see Everything you need to see in this life. But God can. And God does. And so we trust Him. Faith, someone said, is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you can't see. I like that. It's being certain of what you can't see. And that's the definition given to us here in verse 1. That faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, there is the substance of God's word, his spoken word, his written word, and that's enough. And that's the foundation of our faith. And then there is the evidence of his handiwork all out there in the world. And we see it as it works in our own life. And based upon that, we can be sure. And we can be certain. Even though we may not see everything that we want to see. But faith and the person of faith continues to follow God and believe God no matter what they see, no matter what they don't see, no matter what they have, no matter what they don't have, they follow God. And verse 2 says the elders in the very early days followed God this way. 
Now, the word elder means a senior member. And this is first in the list, so this is talking about Adam. And it's plural, so it's talking about all the others that came after him as well that walked this way. But particularly, it has in mind Adam. He's first in the list. And, and Adam didn't see everything either. He had to walk with God by faith. And he, just like us, in verse 3 says, by faith under, understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You think about Adam, he had to walk by faith just like you and I. He, he wasn't there on the first five days of creation. He didn't see God create the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, the light and the dark, the land, the sea. Creatures of the sea, the creatures of the, the, the land. He didn't see all of that. When he woke up on that first day of his creation, on the sixth day, he had to take it by faith. God told him, God showed him that he had made it, and he had made him, and he had to take it by faith, just like you and me. That's why we're included in verse 3 here. That we have to believe it the same way. So we're included in this hall of faith here, if we'll believe this way. Adam, on that first day, according to the Genesis record, was created at night. You read it carefully. The Bible says that the evening and the morning was the first day. So, and was also that way for the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. That's why the Jews began their days at evening, at nighttime. And so it's a great, wonderful truth of Scripture to see that God did his great handiwork there in the beginning at nighttime. He started creation in the evening, at night. God does his best work in the dark. And if you've got some dark days ahead of you, you need to walk by faith. And you need to walk just like Adam did. When Adam woke up that uh, first morning and he was created, he, he was able to be the first human who saw sunrise. And he saw that sun come up, and the Bible shows us that uh, his first day was full. A lot of things happened on that first day. God planted a garden on that first day. God showed Adam how to, to tend that garden. So Adam watched the sunrise come up. He went to a master gardening class. He then had to learn all the animals and name them. Then the Bible says that he had surgery, open rib surgery. And after that was done, he met his wife, fell in love, got married, and had his honeymoon. The brother had a busy first day. But he had to take it all by faith. He didn't see Eve created. He was asleep. But he opened his eyes and God showed him that this was the woman that he had made for him. And he accepted that by faith. Even though he didn't see it with his own eyes, he believed that God had made her and made, it, made her for him. And so he began to walk by faith just like you and I have to. This is the first mark of the kind of faith that gets in the hall of faith and the kind of faith that Jesus is going to be looking for is there some aspect of your life right now that that's a big question mark you're not sure how it's going to turn out you're not sure which way you need to go 
Trust it to God. Walk with Him by faith, and He will lead you and guide you to where you need to go. Then another second display of faith that we see here, and by the way, we're not going to go through the whole list. I know some of you are already thinking ahead, and you're thinking, when are we going to get out of here? This list is long. I'm just going to cover verses 1 through 11, okay? Uh, The first six, and you can read and do your own study on the rest of the chapter. Um, But second, we see the faith of, of, of Abel. And this is faith even when others don't believe what God is saying. God's word is the foundation of our faith, and that's why the enemy, Satan, has always attacked the word of God. And he did that in the very beginning. He did that in the garden. As he motivated Cain to rise up against his brother Abel. And we think of this commonly as the, the first murder, but it's actually the first martyr that we see here. Because Abel was standing on the word of God, and it was that stand by faith that caused him to be hated by his brother, Cain. Look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he, being dead, still speaks. God had shown Cain and Abel and their family how they were to approach him. God had offered the first sacrifice in the garden. The Bible says that he killed an animal and he clothed them with the skins of that animal. He shed blood and showed them by example that that was how they were to come to him. He put a flaming sword right there at the entrance of the garden. That sword wasn't wasn't there to keep them out. It was for the sacrifice. It was to, to allow for a way to come into his presence. And we see that as a testimony all through Scripture. That without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no fellowship and relationship with God. And so they were told how to come to him. And they, they knew the word of God. But Cain decided to do it a different way. Cain was the elder brother. And you look at Genesis chapter 4 and you find that Cain came first. Cain was first in line to come with his offering. Cain came with the fruit of the ground, the Bible says. That which is lifeless, that which has no blood, that which is not a living sacrifice. It was the very opposite of what God in his word had shared with the family. But Abel had heard the word of God. And Abel wanted to do it God's way. And you think about the peer pressure that was on Abel. Older brother had gone first and done it a different way. And now here was Abel coming right behind him. The younger brother. What was he going to do? Was he going to follow the crowd or was he going to follow God? And he chose to follow God. And because of that, people around him hated him. And we've got the same choice today. This world doesn't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to follow God's word. But God's been clear. And we've heard it. And we're going to have to make a choice. Are we going to follow God and His Word, base our life on His Word, or are we going to follow the crowd? Abel said, I'm following God. And if you'll follow God as well, with this kind of faith, you too can be in the hall of faith. 
Abel said, I'm going to do it God's way, and he did that and based his life on the Word of God. And as a result, the Scripture says, he being dead still speaks. You see, if you base your life on the Word of God, even after you're dead and gone, your life continues to speak and have influence because it's based on the Word of God, which endures and speaks throughout every generation. That's the life of faith. This was the faith of Abel. What's your life based on? Is it based on the, the here, what's is here today and gone tomorrow? Or is it based on the living Word of God? He that trusts in the Lord is like Mount Zion, which abides forever. Psalm 121, verse 5 says. This was the faith of Abel. A third mark of faith is in verses 5 through 6, and this is the, the faith of Enoch. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now by Enoch's day, people had began to stray from God. In the days leading up to the flood, and this was still early in that process, but Genesis shows us what it was like when it came to, to the full level of evil by Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that his heart was only evil continually. So in these days, when, when they lived to be 900 years old, and, and they didn't have TV, why was it hard to spend time with God and to follow God like it is today? Well, they found ways. Because their hearts were evil. And by the time of Noah's day, right after this, they were only evil continually. But Enoch was different. In a world that was straying away from God, Enoch decided, I'm going to live a different way. I'm going to seek to follow God and spend time with him and please him. Enoch figured this out. He said, we, we need him. We need to spend time with him. And when we spend time with him, we're better. I'm stronger. I'm happier. Life goes better. And so he tried to spend as much time with the Lord as he could. And Enoch was known as a person that walked with God. Let me ask you this personal question. If you were to go missing, would some assume first that you were with God? That's the way it was with Enoch. He spent so much time with God and was so dedicated to pursuing God that when he was not found, there was a search made for him evidently. That's what the words imply. They couldn't find him. He didn't come home that day. They went looking everywhere. And when they couldn't find him, they couldn't find a body. There was no foul play. They made the only logical conclusion they could make, and that is he's with God. Because that's where he is most of the time we see him. It's the life of faith that seeks God, seeks to please Him, earnestly seeking after Him. Enoch pleased God because he tried to. And he pleased God so much that God just simply took him, took him to Himself. 
don't raise your hand, but are there things in your life that are displeasing to the Lord? Is the Lord the, the number one person that you seek to please in your life? Or is it you or is it someone else? For Enoch, it was the Lord number one. And we know that because he got all these other things out of his life that, that don't please the Lord. That's what faith does. Faith sees those things in our life that, that don't please the Lord and it gets rid of those. It moves away from those and moves to the Lord. And in place of all those things, there is fellowship and intimacy with the Lord that's like no other. And Enoch learned that there was nothing like spending time personal time with the Lord. And the reward was out of this world. He learned that there was no one that pays and rewards like the God who owns everything. This is what the, the life of faith is, is about and what it looks like. It's a life that trusts God no matter what they see or don't see. It's a life that listens to what God says no matter what anybody else is doing. It's a life that seeks to please God in all things and then we come to know in verse 7 and we see that it is a life that trusts God even when the whole world's against you. The whole world was against Noah, but the Bible says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to to faith. Have you ever been in a room where everybody else was against you? I have. It's not fun. Imagine being in a world where everybody except your own family, and some of them were kind of on the fence, but everybody else was against you. Would you follow God? Would you do what God's telling you to do? That's what Noah did. Noah followed God even though the whole world was against him. His life was different than the world. His life was a polar opposite to those all around him. And this is what the Bible means in verse 7 when it says, by which he condemned the world. Just by the building of that ark, he was making a statement. He was making a statement that my life is different than yours. I'm, I'm obeying God. You're not. And just through what he was doing, I don't think he was out there ranting and railing against the world. I don't think Noah hated the people. But just by his actions of faith, he was set apart and he was making a statement that the way they were living, the sinful way they were living, deserved to be drowned and buried and done away with. God doesn't hate people. He didn't send the flood because he just started disliking people. God sent the flood because he hates sin. He built an ark because he loves people. But God hates what sin does to people. People who are created in God's image, who are precious in his sight, people who have an eternal purpose, and people who can know God forever through Jesus Christ, his son. God hates what sin does to people who otherwise could come to know him and live with his blessing. Sin corrupts us. Sin corrupts everything that's good. 
It can ruin a home, a church, a nation. It can bring the whole world down. And God knows that. That's why he sent the flood. Because he had decided it was time to bury sin. Sometimes we think, well, why doesn't God just intervene and just zap all this stuff? Well, he did in the flood. But it still didn't change humanity, did it? We still found our way back to sin. But God was showing his righteous judgment against sin, and he was showing that there was a way of escape. There's an ark. The ark, the New Testament shows us in 1 Peter, is a type of Christ. God built that ark so that people could come inside. That ark was huge, and it could have held a lot more people than just the eight souls that were on board. Because God loves people. He wants them to be saved. The life of faith doesn't look to see what the world's building, what the world's doing. It looks to see what God's building, what the God is about, and he, they join Him. That's what the life of faith does. God wants you with Christ. God wants you on the ark. He wants you safe. He wants you to live and have life beyond the things of this world that will corrupt everything. And So that's why Noah obeyed. God had made it clear what he was doing. In verse 7, when it says that he was divinely warned of things to come, that, that phrase divinely warned in the original means to um, transact business. It means to give a detailed, organized answer. So you know what that means? That means that before the flood came, God met with Noah and had a business meeting with him. He came to the table with all the plans. And he told him exactly what was happening, when it was going to come, what it was going to be like, how big to build the ark, and what it was all about. If you live a life of faith, God will show you how to live. He'll show you how to go forward. But you have to decide you're going to follow him. If you'll follow him, he'll lead you through everything that's coming, through every difficulty. We all face difficulty. Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation. You going through a difficult time right now? I know the answer to that question. Every one of us have our own difficulties we're facing. How do we get through that? We get through it by faith, by following God, staying with Him. No matter if the whole world turns against Him, we're not turning. Everybody else can go and do their own thing. We're going to be here in our place. And we're going to be worshiping the God of heaven who has saved us and called us and blessed us. And we're, we're, we know by faith there's this more to come. This world is not our home. This world is just a temporary place that we're passing through. And the life of faith knows that. The next character in the faith hall is Abraham. This is number five, so we're getting close. Y'all hang on. We're getting close to the end. We're going to stop at six. But number five is Abraham, and uh, there are more verses about Abraham than any other character in this list. That's why we call him the father of faith. And he followed God and trusted God even though he didn't know the future. God called him from his home to go to a place where God would show him. But the Bible says that he didn't know where he was going. Look at verse 8. By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place 
which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Now, doesn't that just describe a man on the road? Not knowing where he was going. I've got a story to tell you about getting lost in South Arkansas, but look, I just don't have the time. You can ask my wife after service. We men have a way of getting lost on the road. Abraham wasn't lost. He just didn't know where he was going. But God did. That's why he says, by faith, he obeyed. It's okay if we don't know where we're going, because God does. We follow him, and he gets us to where we need to to be. Abraham trusted, then he obeyed, verse 8 says, and then because of that he received a blessing. It says that great hymn of the faith says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his sweet will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. This was the faith of Abraham. Is it your faith? Are you following God no matter where you have to go? None of us knows the future. None of us knows how our life's going to end. But we're all on a journey. I thought about it as I prepared this sermon. And over our married life, Lori and I have moved away from nine different houses, nine different homes. I'm not complaining. Some ministers have moved a lot more than that. If you were in the military, you've moved a lot more than that probably. But we've moved several times, and every time we've moved and left the house, it's been hard. We get so easily tied to the things on this earth, don't we? Homes and houses and destination spots, things that we feel like are ours, but they're not. This world is not our home. We are just a passing through, right? We're all Christian campers. We hadn't come here to stay. We're just here for a while. And this is what Abraham knew. This is what the life of faith knows. You know what was hard about leaving all those places that we've left? And maybe you can relate. You kind of feel like you're leaving an old friend. You're leaving the old memories and experiences that you had. You're leaving home. But in reality, we weren't leaving home. Abraham knew this. The chapter here says that every time he left, every time he picked up and went somewhere else, he was seeking a homeland. He knew that he wasn't home yet. That's why he picked up and kept going and following God as God providentially worked in his life. And that's why you and I have to pick up and go whenever he calls us and leads us or or take on something that's new and changes maybe what we've known We're not home yet, but we're on our way. And every step we take in this life by faith gets us one step closer to home. Abraham knew that. Those in the hall of faith know that as well. And they trust, and they obey, and then they wait for God's blessing. And God's blessing comes. 
Then we come to verse 11. <clears throat> and ladies, here's your example. Here's Sarah and her faith. This will be the last one we touch on this morning, then I'll, I'll conclude. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, ladies, her example is an encouragement to you, and really encouragement to all of us. It shows us that to be in the hall of faith doesn't mean you have to get it right all the time. Because when Sarah first heard the news, her response was not one of faith. She laughed. She said, how can this be? My husband's 100, I'm 90. How can we have a son? Old people don't have children. Excuse me. Mature and experienced people <laughs> don't have children. And so she laughed. Didn't have faith. But when it counted, when it was crucial, she stepped up and she believed God. Because the Bible says here that she by faith had this son. Here's what she said. She said, my, my husband's 100, I'm 90, and we're old, we don't have children, but the one who's promised is not old. And he made the world, and if he can make the world, he can make a son. And he can keep his promise. And so I believe him. And it happened just as he said. You have an impossible promise to believe in your life. This is the last mark of faith. An impossible promise from God or reality from God that you've got to embrace and you've got to keep believing. Maybe your life is in a mess and you think God's never going to give, bring victory out of my life. But yet he's promised that he would if we'd follow him. If we'd accept his son by faith and then every day follow him by faith, he says, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Because it can be for you as well. I'll give it to you. I'll do it through your life. Are you following him by faith today? I want to close with a personal story about the time in my life when my faith became very real to me. It was when I was 15 years old and I was a member of this church. And we had a boys camping trip. Some of the men in the church were taking us boys on a... Friday night and Saturday camping trip. John Daniels took us to the campsite first, and he and my brother and Jeff, our running buddy, and some other boys that had gone with us, we went to set up camp. And while Mr. John was back at the campsite, we went down to the lake to fish. And I was wearing shorts, didn't even have any socks on. I was 15 years old. And I went down there and we fished till evening time. The others were coming later and we were going to join them, but we were down there fishing. And it was just us boys. And uh, we had a lantern. It started getting a little dark. And I decided I was going to carry the lantern going back, walking through the tall grass with bare legs because I thought the lantern would keep the snakes away. How many of you know just the opposite is true? They were attracted by the light, attracted by the heat. And so I'm walking along there, minding my own business, and I feel something hit my leg. And I look down and I see on my bare leg, my bare ankle, two holes there. And immediately I, I knew we got a problem here. 
And the next thing I saw after I saw the two holes in my ankle, I saw the snake sitting there right there by my leg. So I got snake bit, and um, things got real dramatic at that moment. First thing, my friends tried to kill the snake so that we could identify it later, and they about got themselves bit. They're over there wrestling with the snake, and I'm over here going, hey, guys, I'm the one who needs to get to the hospital. And so they kill the snake, cut the head off, and uh, take the body, and we're walking now up the hill. Well, they were good friends to me on that day. Jeff carried me first. He was the biggest in the group, and um, he got me on his back, and he carried me up the hill as far as he could because they were trying to keep my circulation from you know, spreading the poison in my leg. We didn't, we, they did put a tourniquet on it, uh, but then they carried me, and then uh, Jeff set me down, and my brother Mark took a turn, and, and, and when we, we were switching me at that moment, I, I just, you know, I, all these things were going through my mind, and I just said out loud what I was thinking that nobody else was willing to say, and, and I just said, Y'all think that maybe this is going to kill me? <laughs> you know, I heard that, you know, you get bit by a snake, it's poisonous, you know, you could die. I'd never been bit by a snake before. 15-year-old boy, I thought I could die for the first time in my life in those moments. They all looked at me and didn't say a word. That was real comforting in that moment. They hoisted me up again and carried me up the rest of the way and got me in that car and then running 90 miles an hour through the back roads of Arkansas to the hospital as Mr. John was driving uh, was another, another uh, trying moment. But in those moments, I really thought maybe I was coming face to face with my mortality. I had another thought. That thought was because I accepted Christ as a 10-year-old boy. And I knew I had done that. My faith reassured me. And I knew in that moment, even if it didn't turn out good, I knew where I was going, and I knew who was in control of my soul. And I knew it would be okay. I want to tell you something. In the most difficult hours of your life, your faith, through God's strength, it will sustain you. It's real. It will get you through any difficulty in your life. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Word Podcast. Our prayer is that this episode builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. May God bless you in this week to come.